The following Art Trap production is brought to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible by donations from listeners like you. Hello, this is Louis Trapani here with a special programming and news note before we begin this episode of Doctor Who Pachak. It should be noted that this episode of Doctor Who Pachak was recorded a few days before the breaking news on July 20th of the Doctor's new outfit. That's Doctor number 11, that is, with Matt Smith. Yes, on Monday, the 20th of July, was the first photos taken, at least published photos, of the shooting of the new series with Matt Smith and Karen Gillan as Doctor number 11 and his companion, Amy Pond. That's Amy Pond is the companion's name. So we now know a name that Karen Gillan is going to be playing Amy Pond. So the new Doctor's outfit is very interesting. If uh, I encourage you to go to our website, thegallifrandembassy.org or pachock.net, and both of those will bring you to the same site. But we have um, we have articles about both, including the new TARDIS exterior design. Yes, the TARDIS has been rumored to be redesigned. It's been an ongoing rumor. We all took it for granted that the interior would probably have seen some sort of redesign, but the exterior has been uh, rebuilt as well. And it harkens back to an earlier era of Doctor Who. And we have discussions on that too, news and discussions on the net websites. And uh, the Doctor is sporting a tweed jacket with a bow tie. Now, some people are giving him some flack over the bow tie. I think it's very fitting, very appropriate for the Doctor. Very, the Doctor has always stood out a little bit from the norm. And um, and thankfully, Matt Smith is no exception. So he's, um yes, he's wearing um, a tweed jacket, a bow tie with braces, or as um, those in the U.S. may know them as suspenders. Dark colored, probably black pants, uh, cuffed on the bottom with lace boots. So, um Check it out. Uh, there's uh, images posted on our website, and we want to hear from you. We'll talk more about it in a future episode of Doctor Who Pachak. But for now, we're going to reel back the clock a little bit, just a few days before this announcement came out, to when we recorded this episode of Doctor Who Pachak. Now, this is a little bit, um, this episode of Doctor Who Pachak is breaking a little bit from our normal format. It's a little bit more laid back and relaxed, more casual but I think enjoyable just the same. So without any further ado, this is Doctor Who Pacha. Live from Thames House, this is Doctor Who Podshock. Doctor Who Podshock. Okay, well, let's do it. No, I... <laughs> Whatever it is, if it's valuable, send it to us. <laughs> <laughs> For the best in all things Doctor Who, it's Doctor Who Podshock, the podcast all about Doctor Who, the longest-running science fiction television program, with Louis Trapani, Ken Deep, hello, James Norton, hello, news, fabulous, reviews, and fan mail for James, Uh, Doctor Who Podshock, from the Gallifrey Embassy and Outpost Gallifrey. You know, that guy James was really cool. Oh yeah, what blew that? (laughs) I'm the Doctor, and who are you? Outpost Gallifrey and the Gallifrey Embassy present Doctor Who Podshock episode 156. My name is Ken Deep, alongside Mr. Louis Trapani. Hello. 
And joining us from our side of the pond is our special guest co-host this evening, Miss Tara Wheeler. Yay! Hello! Or, Hi, guys! Or it's Madame good. Nostradamus. It's good to have you back, Tara. <laughs> oh, it's Tara great to is be the, back, guys. the scarf-knitting guru. Scarf-knitting, <laughs> tortoise-building, frog-raising guru. Yes. <laughs> James is on assignment this week. Yeah, so J joining James us, is, uh, chasing the Beatles in Liverpool right now. So joining us will be Tara, <laughs> who is getting ready to go to San Diego Comic Con and be Podshock's lady on the street, so to speak. Our eyes and ears at San Diego Comic Con. I'm really looking forward to getting a soundbite of five thousand people on their feet screaming. So uh, I don't know how you guys are going to use that, but <laughs> <laughs> use that for your opening. So it's going to sound like the Beatles right there. Well, um, we're looking forward to it um, very much, and it's going to be a great event. Obviously, we reported that um, that um, David Tennant's going to be there the first time he's going to be at a U.S. convention. So um, even though I say convention in a very, um, you know, yeah, light-hearted meaning. It's, it's, it's more like a giant trade show. Yes. That's uh, but exactly still cool. what it is, and it's... Yeah, but it's going to be insane. I have heard all sorts of wild rumors about, you know, David Tennant's going to be doing this, and David Tennant's going to be doing that, and David Tennant's going to be walking the floor and decides. I wish. Oh, I wish. <laughs> that would be lovely. <laughs> you could, but you never you know who's going to come up on you while you're... Oh, I don't know about that, but <laughs> you'd be surprised how many British gentlemen know how to knit. They keep it very quiet. <laughs> well, you know, you got to be able to make those little tea warmers. So it's uh, apparently the Torchwood and Doctor Who panels are both going to be on Sunday, the 26th of July, 2009. That's, yeah, I think that's... they're doing some video presentations. You know, they're going to be showing, I think, Children of Earth on Saturday, if, I, if my memory recalls correctly. So, But I think the panels themselves are on Sunday. What I'm hearing is that they have separated the two panels. They've separated the Doctor Who mm -hmm. panel from the Torchwood panel by several hours. Yes. And I think this is just insane. They're going to lose a big chunk of their audience. So I think it's just a way of keep, keeping people planted in the room while they promote some other stuff that's not as interesting. Oh, if I had to in sit the same through. Room, it might not even be in the same room. No, yeah. it's in the same room. That's ballroom. Uh, oh, then probably Ken's right. They probably then they can sandwich something in between. Well, like several the, years ago, oh, several years oh. ago, I went to go see the the uh, presentation for uh, uh, Serenity, and uh, I had some friends who said, "If you want to see that Serenity thing, you better get there first thing in the morning and sit through everything else because you won't get a seat. They'll be turning people away." So I had to sit through Bride of Chucky, a presentation on Bride <laughs> of Chucky. And then a whole bunch of, I mean, every possible dog and pony show. And the only decent thing that came up, and I will always remember this, is uh, the guys from uh, Shaun of the Dead mm. came out and gave a presentation. I'd never heard of them. I'd, I'd never heard of Simon Pegg. Wow. I didn't know who these guys were. And these three darling Brits came out on stage and started talking about their little zombie movie. <laughs> and within five minutes, I was thinking, you know, I've, I've really sworn off horror movies and I really never wanted to see another one again but I'll go see this one and I was so happy I mean that I mean that that made it right was Simon there. Pegg there yeah, oh yeah that's fantastic was, uh, Simon Pegg and uh, the director whose name escapes me 
and one of the writers, and all their names have gone right out of my head. I could have told, told you five minutes ago, but uh, they came out on stage, and you wouldn't have known them from guys on the street, and they started talking about this movie that they'd made and that they tried to get people to go see the night before, and nobody'd gone. And uh, apparently Simon Pegg had promised people sexual favors if they would go to see this movie. <laughs> hey, that's always and a, apparent- a ploy. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently they didn't take him up on it either. I, I, it was just mystifying. It's but, one way to promote a movie. Uh, yeah, but uh, they showed a little trailer, and they were just so charming, and I thought, this is just amazing. Their whole thing was, well, what the, the thing we wanted to get across was that there was a really, really good zombie movie that was happening just a couple of streets over, and uh, you're just, just barely missing all the real interesting bits. And... They were just so much fun to watch. So, and now I ha- now I own a copy of of Shaun of the Dead. If it came out on Blu-ray, I'd go buy another copy of it. I've been <laughs> forcing copies of it on people. It's like it's it's the greatest movie. This guy he has this horrible life, and everything is solved by zombies. So this is going to be your first Comic Con in San Diego, right? Um, no, the- no, this is my third. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. This- All right. My husband, but, David, has been to just a bazillion of them. Yeah, I knew he was but, there a lot more. That's why I was, I was thinking that maybe this was your first. But for um, anybody who think, may be going for the first time, what can they expect? Uh, and in particular, uh, with the focus on, on the British program. We should also mention it's sold out. So if you're not going... Well, it's sold and, out. If you don't have tickets, you're not getting in. Yeah, unless yeah. you're buying something ridiculously expensive on eBay. Have you guys seen those tickets? It's been insane. Yeah. I can't imagine. Oh. Well, if if somebody's going for the first time this year, the thing they should uh, expect is horrendous lines. You're going to be uh, spending 90% of your time in lines for something or other. Um, You're going to see and not see uh, celebrities running around on the floor with you literally uh, well Seth Green literally ran into me last year I mean we were both going in opposite directions and he was running and he smacked straight into me and I looked down and it was like and it's Seth Green hi <laughs> I love robot chicken and he said thank you and he ran off and <laughs> uh, there's a lot of celebrities in disguise there's a lot of celebrities who aren't in disguise uh, you'll see things that'll make your eyes fall out. Um, the the main, the big, uh, the big boys on the floor like Fox and Lucas Films and now BBC America are going to have booths that are just phenomenal. Uh, it's it's a circus and it's overwhelming. I have I I thought I'd been to some large conventions. I mean I I went to Chicago Tardis several. Well, now now I feel old. About 20 years ago, I went to Chicago TARDIS, and there were 8,000 people there, and I thought that was a big convention. This thing has, what, 30,000, 100,000 yeah, people? It's beyond convention. Like, like Ken says, it's a trade show. Yeah, it's, 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 it's enormous. Insane. Well, even New York Comic Con, which is uh, hardly as old, it's, it's not, uh, aside from the name, it's, I mean, and, and the aspiration of being, you know, the East Coast version of it, it's not related to the San Diego one, but it still was massive this year. Ken and I were both there this past February, and just, wa- you couldn't even, you know, walk the show without um, encountering huge, huge amount of crowds, and you have to, you, you couldn't really enjoy it like a regular convention, really. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, you it's know, not a regular convention. It's not a regular convention, and um, there are things to appreciate about both 
types of conventions or, or shows or whatever. These large things are amazing because they're so big and so powerful and so influential because they reach so many people at once that David Tennant and Russell T. Davies will show up. The downside, and in comparison to a Gallifrey or Chicago Tardis or something like that, those kind of places, there's some intimacy. There's a one-on-one -on -one with, with a guest or guests. If you want to ask a question and or you want to have a, 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 a brief conversation with somebody and you get to get a, a little bit of, a, of, their, of their vibe just from having a real conversation. And that doesn't happen in those big places. You know, you're well, just, the really sad thing, the really sad thing is the interest level. Uh, like we were talking about earlier, they're going to have David Tennant and uh, Russell T. Davies and all the Torchwood guys in Ballroom 20, which seats, I think, 6,000 people. They do not clear the auditorium between uh, programs. So if there's a program in there that you want to see, the advice is to get there early and you get as close to the front as you possibly can and you spend the intervening time trying to get closer. Every time people leave, you're constantly trying to move closer, you're trying to move closer, you're trying to move closer. And so you sit through all these things you don't want to see in order to see the one thing that you do want to see. And I just think that's so unfair. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. if there's a ton of people who want to see, you know, the program that's just ahead of Torchwood, they're not going to be able to see it because the auditorium will be full of Torchwood people. Yeah. And yeah. most of them won't care for whatever this is. But they that's want to retain their position, yeah. But they want to hold their seat. So they're sure. going to hold their seat and they're going to sit there. And so the people who want to see it, there's a real good chance they won't get to see it because Torchwood people were there at 5 o'clock that morning to get a seat. And it, I just find that really, really sad. And that's the way it is for all of the programming at San Diego Comic-Con is show up early and wait, and there's a really good chance you're not going to get in to see it. So, which is unlike regular conventions, which take into account how many people are going to show up, and they tend to plan their programming accordingly. Okay, everybody's going to want to see this, so we won't schedule against it. And then we'll schedule this here and this here and this here. San Diego, it's just... Throw everything in the basket, and they get to pick and choose. And if they're lucky, they might get something. Well, we're definitely going to have you back, you know, afterwards to have you report on everything oh, yeah. that there. I mean, this is going to be a very interesting show, uh, regardless, you know, because David Tennant's going to be there, but also being that uh, Torchwood uh, Children of Earth have just would have just have aired on BBC America that week, you know, before right. before the presentation before the panels of Torchwood are you know, presented there. So uh, it's going to be very interesting, the crowd reaction and the questions that are presented and, and the answers that are, are given. I'm just worried they're going to be nasty to Russell T. Davies because well, of the fan reaction. I, let's online. hope not. I mean, I, I think, you know, unfortunately, I, I know some of that's been going on on the Internet, and, and I think a lot of people hide un, behind um, the, you know, false names under the Internet and whatever, and they're less likely to do it you know, when they're live in person as themselves, but, you know, we'll see. I hope so, because, well, boy, I, it has been really virulent out there. Yeah, and I have to quickly say about this, and in particular, um, I, I mean, I, I don't want to rehash a lot of things, that, um, because for those of you who may subscribe to Radio Free Scarrow, they had a, an, an episode come out this past Wednesday that, that really summed up many of the, the things that were going on with Torchwood. Uh, you know, they, they, they had a discussion, a very open discussion about what happened with Torchwood and about 
um, dealing with sexuality on television and uh, some of the fan reaction. And they really covered a lot of bases. But when you see James Moran's forum and you see that people are are going and saying things like he's homophobic, Russell T. Davies is homophobic. I mean, how insane do you have to be to think that the guy who created Queer as Folk, who revolutionized how homosexuality is dealt with on television everywhere. It, yeah, it, I, know, haven't, he, I haven't seen any just, of that, so it's interesting. It, it's just um, it, it, people are just grasping at anything they can grasp at. It's, it's, it's extremely raving immature, girls. and what you're doing is you're taking someone like James Moran, who made himself accessible, and drove him to the point now where he... You'd yeah, be but lucky James Moran had nothing to do with... Uh, well, we can't even talk about it because we can't really give anything away right now, so it's... <laughs> I can't really speak on this yet because... All right, um, well, uh, yeah, let's, we'll, we'll skip it. Most likely we'll do it as a hitchhiker's anyway, being it's, it's a little more torchwood. Yeah, yeah. And those that are uh, looking for Dr. Pachak for a review of Children of Earth, be sure to turn your um, iTunes or whatever podcatcher you're using to Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi because the next episode of that will do a full-on review view of Torchwood Children of Earth and James will be on board and um, we'll, we'll have a discussion on that. But, but I think that in, in a completely spoiler-free way I can speak for the three of us and probably even James based on his email that we all really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dark yeah, as hell, absolutely. but yeah. But we knew it was so going to be dark. That, that would be <laughs> a, a bit of a giveaway as to what we'll be talking about when we actually get around to that. <laughs> All right, let, let's, let's talk about some Doctor Who stuff. Um, just in this past week, we had, uh, and this was in the middle of the Children of Earth exactly. marathon, we had a, a preview hit the internet of the Waters of Mars, um, dun, which dun, was, dun. A, what, about a 90-second clip? Which maybe is kind of surprising because, uh, in, you know, in certain ways, it seems to have been lost with all the Torchwood hoopla that was going. Not, not that that was... Un, you know, you know, uncalled for. I mean, there was um, obviously there was there was reason for all the excitement about Torchwood, but I don't know if maybe they would have done better releasing it this week. Well, no, I just kind of like that they released it. It came in and smacked everybody in the backs of the knees. You know, well, it was sort of like they, <laughs> okay, with all the torture, there are cousins and brothers there, but don't forget about Doctor Who. <laughs> Here it well, is. I, well, I thought it was a, a strong idea. Was that um, Torchwood was was a dark, um, a dark storyline. It was something that was meant to be spooky and disturbing and stuff. And the waters waters of Mars is meant to be. A darker story, a, a, a you know, a horror story. One of those, you know, the, we had the light-hearted Planet of the Dead. Now we're going to go to something a little, a little bit uh, more mysterious. And so the, if there were people watching Torchwood that might have been purely Torchwood fans and just known that it was connected to Doctor Who as a, a peripheral thing, they may have taken an interest in it simply because. Oh wow, that 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 looks dark as well. It's not. It's, that doesn't look like it's a silly thing. It looks like it's something as dark and mysterious as what we're watching now. Yeah, but that's if it even showed up on their radar because they were um, very much engrossed in Torchwood. And for those well, see, of I don't us know who anybody weren't. who watches Torchwood who hasn't who who doesn't watch Doctor Who, that's no, the there, thing. Is, I don't know anybody. A, the, well, I I would probably venture to say there are a lot of Torchwood viewers that aren't familiar with Doctor Who I, as far as the. Uh, reports that Younger we get audience. as far as ratings and, and whatnot is that, you know, some people dismiss Doctor Who being, oh, it's that, you know, show from way back when or or they feel they need to catch up on years, you know, 43 years worth of, of history or whatever, which isn't the case, you know. So uh, um, 
hopefully Torchwood could be an introduction to some people to Doctor Who. Yeah, and, and I think that you may find that in, in certain cases with some younger viewers that may have been exposed to Torchwood and like that, but perhaps not to Doctor Who, and that, that's entirely possible, and I think there's a decent amount of fans out there. Like you said, especially based on some of the reaction you've seen online. Wow. Uh, which is also, you know, could also explain how Doctor Who fans might appreciate the fact that Russell Davies is the man who brought back Doctor Who, but to the Torchwood fans, he's the guy who created children don't say of it. they're suddenly mad about <laughs> it. uh so and, and have and don't really have the appreciation that this man saved our day so. yeah hmm. but um going to the preview of the waters of mars and the cat was kind of kind of let out of the bag on uh oh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw the ball their way for a second time um to Radio Free Scarrow, who mentioned that the the uh, rumor is that it's going to air on Halloween. So now that I've said it, um, oh, I, I'm only saying oh. it because I've heard it another place, and, and and I've heard this from a couple different sources. And Lewis will attest to that. And I've had to bite my lip for a while. And now that they let the cat out of the bag, I'm just following the cat. So, um, well, see now so, I gotta know I gotta know what to listen for when I'm on the floor. So now I can you know. If I'm going to be hanging out in the BBC America booth, I can hear that hear that rumor going around and go, ha ha! I know it does make sense. Halloween's on a Saturday night. Uh, they're telling yeah. a um, they're telling a a horror story in the waters of yeah. Mars, and what better night to do it? Uh, I think wow. people just assumed that it was going to be in November because that's the anniversary, or it's a month before. You know, it it, it started later this year. Hey, it's it Tardis Day. Yeah, well, Russell G. Davies said November-ish, so that could be you know anything in or around twenty-four hours around before November, of course. November. So. <laughs> well, but, you I know, mean, the minute he said November, he didn't mean November, because that's the way he rolls. I mean, it, it makes a certain amount of sense uh, as far as a, a Mars-related story taking place on that day, because we all know a certain famous um, Mars story that that um, that made. Yeah. Made its um, radio debut on Halloween. Yeah, and if you've seen the preview, you'll know that that we get a better look at some of the people doing the horrific acts of watering or whatever it is they're doing with the. Now, would you water call that the main monster, or do you think they've been afflicted? How mm. would you? I just assume they were afflicted. I'm yeah. I'm thinking they're on their way to being a certain classic series monster Ooh. one that you said to me that they would never do <laughs> one that they would never do which means they're doing it of course yep, uh, yep. put yourself a metal salad bowl upside down on the head and they suddenly turn into the ice warriors <laughs> no they could just no. need a dermatologist <laughs> they're on mars in bowie base one um and if you've listened to the recent um big finish key to time series where they go back and revisit the key to time with Peter Davison as the doctor. The first story is with the Ice Warriors, and it kind of centers around, well, a lot of the dialogue centers around uh, the use of water and the water as being a, a means of exchange on Mars. So I thought that was, oh, wait a minute, they're talking about water on Mars. So do you really hmm. think the BBC is sneaking subliminal messages into us via the... Uh the radio well, if, shows. If we wind up with the Peladon box set coming out on DVD in the next <laughs> take that as a clue. <laughs> hint, 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 hint. Big red yeah. letters. 
So that that could be the uh, the thing there. And and I welcome <laughs> the return of the Ice Warriors. The, either that or there's some guys with some need for some chopstick or something because their lips are chapped. things. Going down to their chins, it's really gross and disturbing. Well, that's why they're looking for some water. They're very dry. Yeah. They looked like they had plenty of water. That was a thing. <laughs> Obviously not enough. Not, well, I guess not. So on a, in a similar note, speaking of anniversaries of, you know, of Halloween and, and things coming back and whatnot, um, it's so, as we record this, it's the, I think the 40th, yeah, the 40th anniversary of Apollo um, 11. What? Apollo 11? Yes. Excellent. Moon landing. Yay. So yeah, the, the, tw- um, and then they, I believe that it was, the, it's the 20th that is the actual landing anniversary. Yeah. So, it's uh, fantastic. It's a it's a great uh, it's just a great example of human achievement. And long long after uh, the United States or our world or our you know any of that stuff, long after human beings are gone from this earth, after our plastic and and petroleum endeavors and devour us, the the landing spot on the moon will still be there. Unless, of course, the Cybermen <laughs> knock it over on the way to the moon base. Well, the Doctor Who, in um, celebration of that, has um, commissioned a, a story by um, Ali Smith called Blue Moon, and it's available on their website. And it includes, um, unfortunately, it, it, when I say unfortunately, because it, it's unfortunately, it's only, it's only for UK viewers, there's video clips there that you could view as well. And it's it'd be inter- I, I, when I try to view them, it says, you know, we're not available in your area. So it looks like they took some stuff from, um, you know, I don't know. Some, well, it looks, or is it just some um, clips from previous episodes? Uh, now that I'm looking at the the subtitles here, they, they have a hospital visit from, you know what? They just probably clips from previous episodes. They have Cybermen attacking from um, the moon base. They have the a clip from Smith and Jones when obviously the doctor and Freemur, Adjaman, um, Martha Jones, is uh, find themselves on the moon. So maybe it's just clips from relating to the moon from previous episodes. Um, Sarah, Moonfall from the Lost Boy, Lost Boy, from Sarah Jane Adventures. All right. Yeah, okay. that's fantastic. Um, um, nice that they're acknowledging it and celebrating it. And it, the moon landing, the the real moon landing, was definitely an inspiration for many Doctor Who stories. Ambassadors to Death is one of the most obvious ones that they. They tried to convey a sense of realism and uh, to the story, to the, the astronauts and how they handled them and stuff. And it's great. It's always been an inspiration to me. I, Lewis will tell you uh, that I had a chance to meet Buzz Aldrin a couple years back, and I was like a kid in a candy store. And to me, it's like <laughs> it's just amazing. And a, 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 an American hero and a living, a living legend and icon. And so it was fantastic. And for the people who are moon landing deniers um i pretty much can, I can blow it out of there uh, well i'm so glad the mythbusters episode where they debunked all of the that was debunkers a whole episode of, devoted to that it was a great whole episode, great episode it yeah. just today got nominated for an emmy award Fantastic. so um, um you know to the to well, the desi- to the deniers well suck on this boys so you were in the, you were in the height the, you were in the height of the cold war and Khrushchev couldn't wait 
to march Gary Powers, Colonel Gary Powers out after the U-2 spy plane got shot down. And they put him on television. They said, look, we captured this American and look what these Americans are doing. Wow, they are full of it. You know, this is why they're, they can't be trusted and all that kind of stuff. Now, if we sent a rocket to the moon or we pretended to send a rocket to the moon and they were watching just like the rest of the world was and you didn't need anything sophisticated, you could have just used a telescope and watched our guys fly off to the moon. If we would have faked any part of that, you don't think the Russians would have been like, look at these turkeys, the Americans again, faking the moon landing. They'd have showed us they, up. They'd have, they'd have showed us up, and, and, and it would have been spectacular. They would have been, you know, and presenting it. Even if they didn't do that, they would have continued their moon mission just to land and say, where's the American flag you guys said you planted here? Nina, sa, sa. <sighs> so, I don't know. It, you know, I it, just like you see with people complaining on message boards. There's one guy; he's a director, and he's trying to get his name in the paper. And what if I said the moon landing was faked? It's like, okay, dude, whatever. Yeah. No, maybe the Earth is have, flat. Maybe you could find the four mountains that hold up the sky. It's it's these people that have seen the movie Capricorn one too many times. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a fun thing to ponder. You know, it's a fun thing fictitiously like in Capricorn 1. It makes exciting drama, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Let somebody go there and prove me wrong, you know? (laughs) Oh, they've already, well, if you've watched that episode of Mythbusters, they proved it many times, you know? And the Japanese just sent uh, a high-definition camera to take pictures of the moon, so. Mm -hmm. Well, they get great shots of the of the footprints from above, you know, that sort of thing. I loved on Mythbusters when they were pinging the uh, mirror array that they left up there. And, yeah. you know, you can have you can have instant proof anytime you like, anytime the moon's out. There you go, boys. You know, it's not that... <laughs> well, oh, it just proves the, the ignorance how that can be, you know, can spread so rapidly among people. I mean... Well, it, it must be true. I saw it on Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, the pinnacle of truth. Hey, you know, they're, they're fair and balanced. They tell you that at least three times an hour. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've been beaten up on them, let's well, move on to Doctor yeah. Who news. So, <laughs> pontificated for a while, and uh, so speaking know, of landings, Russell yes. T Davies will be landing in the U.S. soon. His his um his for the movie they're not making. His furniture is the already there, and um, yeah, isn't he already here? I know that Julie Gardner's already there. Well, I, so, as of the twelfth, he reported in UK news that he, you know, he was his his furniture was already there, and um, he's relocating to Hollywood. And um, he says, um, "I haven't planned anything. My furniture is now there. And I'm just going there to start writing. I will take years. To, it will take years to get anything made out there. It's going to be difficult. So new. It's so new and brilliant." We'll learn from people and bring it back here one day. It's a big adventure and a whole lot of fun. Okay. He will not have any problem making anything, and that's typical Russell talk. It's going to take forever, which means they've already got something moving. (laughs) (laughs) Ken, I'm so glad we have you here to to read this Russell speak and give us a translation. I do. I mean, I I admire it because he tries to just kind of cool expectations down, and he just wants, don't don't worry, we're, we're doing okay over here. And then he just wows you. So, now I met the man in Cardiff, and he is just amazing to talk to. He is always, always thinking, like like a like talking with him is like playing chess because he's always like three moves ahead of anything you're saying. Mm. So he's he's a fascinating, fascinating man. And so, I 
you know, I see this stuff in the, in, in the, in the news and I go, okay, so this is what she said. And that means. <laughs> <laughs> so you do Russell speak as well. Yeah, but not as well as you do, Ken. So uh, I just I, I remember meeting him and being so overwhelmed and just being so stunned that he was so so knowledgeable about Doctor Who. I mean, not not just the stuff that he's done, but the classic series. I mean, he just he knows his stuff. The man is frightening in in the breadth of his knowledge. Well, with all this talk about a Doctor Who movie, I want to be. And- I wouldn't really be a bit surprised if, if what's announced is um, maybe not so much a Doctor Who movie, but a Torchwood movie or, or something that combines the both. Torchwood has been very popular here in the States, and the ratings are there. It's, it would be a more likely candidate to sell a studio on by, based on its popularity. So, um, But why bring David Tennant, then? Well, why bring him? Um, he's, I, I, I'm not saying that they're not. I'm just saying it's a possibility. But well, why last bring year they Tennant? had John Barrowman. Last David year they Tennant's had John going to be here Barrowman. in the States anyway. He's doing um, whatever that show is called. It used to be called Masterpiece Theater, and he could be here doing that. He could be. Do- There's this other rumor now in the L.A. Times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about, go ahead. Um, tell him. Tell him. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be playing Bobo, Bobo, Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo Baggins. Oh my God, I love this rumor. My husband is just is cringing away in a corner, going, "No, no." Well, supposedly so, yeah. uh, Peter Jackson's going to be heading up a the, the prequel to the um, the Lord of the Rings films, The Hobbit, and in line there, just what's being discussed is um, either Daniel Radcliffe or David Tennant to. Um, to play for James McAvoy, which well, I think is the, mm-hmm. would be a much more interesting choice, but but I mean we have no this is just a little speculation as far as we know. Oh, it's wild speculation. It's in the L.A. Times. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's nice that um, Doctor Who and Torchwood have been getting some American press, leading into BBC America HD being launched and Children of Earth coming here and Planet of the Dead being aired. So, you know, you see the L.A. Times talking about it and the papers in Chicago and Boston. It's been from from those points of view, it's been very fun just to see Doctor Who and, and Torchwood getting um, well, the kind of attention. Oh, the thing about San Diego Comic-Con is that it has become a media circus because all of these big money L.A. types have just within the last couple of years, discovered San Diego Comic-Con. I mean, it's only been going on for, what, 30 years, 40 years? And they've just started discovering that their test market is there, and they don't have to do a thing except show up and show clips. And they've been using it to generate money. And so I don't doubt that Russell T. Davies and and, uh, Julia Gardner and uh, all these other BBC execs are going to trot out their, their... their stars and show to these studio execs that, you know, they can get 6,000 people on their feet screaming themselves hoarse and then they'd be able to write their own ticket. I mean, that's exactly what uh, uh, they did for the Serenity movie is that, you know, they showed us a little T9C clip and people went bananas and the money people were in the back of the room and they left petrified because they thought they were going to be torn to pieces. So I don't doubt that that there's going to be money people there, 
And they were there when John Barrowman went out on stage last year and everybody leapt to their feet and screamed hysterically. And I mean, I know that Russell's talking about, well, you know, it's going to be a while before I get anything going. No, son, the moment they see that you've got this many people ready to, you know, to trot halfway across the globe and scream at you, uh, you're going to be able to do just about anything you want. Well, we already know there's a supposedly, well, which has been the case for the last 20, 30 years, that there's a script in the works. So it's just a matter of um, who's writing it, who's doing it. and. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's already gone L.A. He has a script. Everybody in L.A. has a script. <laughs> That's a prerequisite. Yeah. It's a prerequisite. You want to move to L.A.? Where's your script? Okay. Even Ken we need, has we one. need a headshot and we need your script. I know I don't have a script. Yeah, I, you were just well, you, you were just you on go. Facebook saying that you're reading a script. I, you, uh? It wasn't my script. <laughs> what does it matter? It was a script. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to have a script. It doesn't necessarily need to be your script. It just you know. Well, it, if, if you really must pry, it was Joshua Liu's script, and it was wonderful. <laughs> ah. Is this the same script that he was recognized for when we were last in um, DWNY's um, meetup? One hundred percent, yes. <laughs> it he, really is he's fantastic. From LA? I, he has a script. Yeah, but I the weird to, part uh, was that he was in New York and he was recognized for his um for his uh, for, for his work on the script. Yeah. 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 Incredible. It, New York's a wonderful town. It's so great they named it twice. Yes. Yes. Um, I was okay. Speaking with him earlier today, we're going to have him on the show. I know we've been. Well, I, I don't know if we've been saying it on the show yet, but we we've been trying to get him back on Doctor Who Podshock. So hopefully um, next time. So we're well, gonna... I need to get with him and see if we're going to, you know, if he's going to come and sit with me at the at the David Tennant thing, because I know I'm going to be sitting in line knitting starting at about 5, 6 a.m. So... <laughs> <laughs> you'll have a whole you'll probably have a whole scarf done and while you're waiting. I hope so. You know, you I may I, have I, to I hand the... it up to uh, to uh, Russell or or David, you know, I'll you just might... wave it at them, you know, like a like like a, a football <laughs> banner, you know, <laughs> This is Colin Baker, your favorite doctor, and you are listening to Podshock, presented by Outpost Gallifrey, and you know how good they are. They're wonderful. Hi, my name is Worth Godwin. Have you ever felt confused or even baffled by computer terms that you wish just made sense? Have you ever watched someone else use the computer and felt left out because of all the things you could see that they were able to do so easily, but which you had no idea how to do? Have you felt intimidated or even scared of your computer before and felt like a computer dummy? Well, if any of that rings true to you, you come to the right place because it's not your fault. You've just never been taught the right way before, but I can help you. My name is Worth Godwin. Worth is a longtime listener to Doctor Who Podshock, and a while ago he heard our call out for advertisers and sponsors for Doctor Who Podshock to help the show continue on its glory path. It's been going for four years now, but we've um, come to a point where we're really relying on uh, sponsors and advertisers to continue on. And to that end, Worth has stepped up and has offered an affiliate sponsorship with us. So if you go to our site, thegallifernembassy.org or podshock.net or alternatively, arttrap.com, 
you'll find in the store section a an article on Worth and his computer training business. And by clicking on that link, and if you ch so choose to take his offer of learning about computers and plain English, you'll be helping yourself and in the process helping Dr. Who Pachak at the same time. So we want to thank Worth for his efforts. And um, we want to thank everyone that has uh, made a contribution to Dr. Who Pachak and the Gallifreyan Embassy. And if you haven't yet, please go to our site and hit the donate button. We much appreciate it. Without the support of our listeners and sponsors, we could not continue with these podcasts. You have heard us mention it before. If you love Doctor Who Pachak and you also love British science fiction, be sure to subscribe to our other podcast we do, The Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. That's right. Ken, James, and myself team up as we do here in Doctor Who Pachak, but this time we paint with a much broader palette covering all British science fiction. Everything from Blake 7 to Torchwood to The Prisoner, UFO, Space 1999, The Thunderbirds, Tripods, Day of the Triffids, Sarah Jane Adventures, Red Dwarf, War of the Worlds, Tomorrow People, even Doctor Who, you name it. If it's British and it's science fiction, we try to cover it. Find it on iTunes or go to Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi.com or ArtTrap.com for show listings and RSS feeds. The Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. And we're back with Doctor Who Podshock. Well, now, San Diego Comic-Con isn't the only con you're going to be attending now, Tara. No, no, I'm going to Dragon Con, too. That's... that's Now, uh, the last time, or an episode or two back, I made the mistake of saying that you were bringing your TARDIS to San Diego Comic-Con, but you are not. Instead, no, you are no, bringing I, it, I, though, to Dragon Con. I am taking it to Dragon Con. I would In love Atlanta, to take Georgia. it to San Diego, but, oh my god, it is such a zoo, you can't get anywhere near the main building, and... Uh, the you idea of liking a thousand pounds materialize of inside there. Oh, I wish that that <laughs> make my you know I've moved once every year for the last three years and I'm about to move again. So it would be so much easier if I just had everything crammed into that box and just you know if I could just move the box that would <laughs> that would be good enough. But the idea of being actually able to to materialize yeah. it somewhere that just yeah. oh. You're still so working wonderful. on the dimensionally transcendental part. Forget about the. You know, we couldn't afford the inside. We could afford the outside, and that was that was pricey enough. But the inside, we're still working on financing for that. So, but, uh, Dragon Con is when? It's in August. Oh, Dragon Con is the beginning of September. September, yeah, Labor Day weekend. Yes, Labor Day weekend. Let's see here. I'm scheduled to be on a panel on that Saturday. Let's see, which is the fifth. Let me make absolutely certain. Yes, it's Saturday the 5th. I will be on a British sci-fi media costuming panel talking about my scarves. And uh, my TARDIS will definitely be there, although uh, there's some question as to where exactly it will be. Uh, it should be somewhere in the vicinity of the Brit Tracks room, if it's not actually in the Brit Tracks room. Uh, there's been quite a bit of talk about it. I know that the uh, Atlanta... Uh, contingent is uh, very, very keen to get their hands on my TARDIS, and they've been <laughs> sending me emails saying, I want to get my picture taken! 
Yes, dear. Yes, yes, it's okay. Yes, you can have your picture taken. It's okay. It's, no, there won't be any fee. It's okay. Just <laughs> just show up. It'll be all right. Well, there you go. But, if you're on uh, your way to uh, Dragon Con, you know that, that Tara's TARDIS will be there without a fee. Without a fee, and you can and have your picture taken with it. I do believe the white robot will be joining you. I, I know that... Uh, I know that Billy is going down along with a few other friends, and uh, and I think if I remember correctly, didn't he say he was bringing the white robot with him? I believe the white robot will make an appearance at Dragon Con. And I think Billy's going to bring the the Podshock banners, so maybe we can put them around oh, the TARDIS. Oh, good. Put those up the, around the TARDIS. Yeah. Yeah, and and the, we'll have the white robot there with any luck. It'll be a it'll be a big hoot nanny, and the, the the folks from the British media track do a a great job at, at Dragon Con because they handle it almost like a a mini convention. Within a convention. Now, see, that's what I keep hearing over and over again because I've been this. This will be my first Dragon Con, and I have heard all the horror stories, and I've heard all of the the the, the wild rumors. And the Brit Tracks guys keep assuring me, no, 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 it's all right, it's all right. You just hang out with us. It's like having your own little mini con, and you can go out and experience some of the crazy, and then come back to us, and everything will be all right. And then you can go out and see a little more crazy, and then come back, and everything will be sane here. So now, we should explain that Dragon Dragon Con takes place in several hotels throughout the town. Oh, it's um, it's it's massive, right? Yeah, it's it's uh, absolutely insane. They have this parade that that has several thousand people marching in it. Last year, they had, I think it was twenty guys dressed up as David Tennant marching in formation. They, I mean, they they have an awful lot of people. Uh, uh, the thing that just absolutely floored me is there's a contingent of guys who play Warhammer 40K, and they are bringing armored personnel carriers. I don't mean one. I mean multiple. <laughs> and they're going to be driving them in the parade, and they were worried about where they were going to park them afterwards. And I was like, guys, it's an armored personnel carrier. Park it wherever the hell you want. You yeah, know, it's... Yeah. Just so our listeners know, this is a parade that's ac- actually outside on the streets. It's not in the hotel. Yeah, or something it's like that. it's in downtown Atlanta. It, I mean, everybody turns out for this. All the people who live there, and uh, and the people, not just the people going to the convention. This is, it's covered on all the local channels. It is. This is a big deal. But all the hotels are booked solid for blocks. I know that there are two main, really large hotels that are hosting the convention itself. And then there's about 20 feeder hotels, and they're all book solid. And uh, do they have any Doctor Who guests lined up? I, I know the last they, uh, they didn't have one last year, and I think Peter Davison was the last time they had a Doctor Who guest. Well, they had signed Sylvester McCoy, but I heard that he had to bow out due to other commitments. Ah. Uh. And the guest that they announced this week, I was I was quite shocked. Not actually. Doctor Who related, but amazing Not related. Doctor <laughs> Who, but but they got him. Uh, uh, Terry Gilliam is supposedly going, and I'm just just flabbergasted. I mean, uh, Brit Tracks is claiming they have him as a guest, but the Brit Tracks room, from what I've seen, looks like it can hold maybe 500 people. And wow. we're talking. This is going to be. I mean. If they say he's going to be somewhere, it's going to be packed. So, well, I don't know. I know Ken and I uh, haven't been there yet. We would love to be there yeah. one time, one year. Yeah, that Dragon Con. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're going to have to come down, guys. <laughs> well, they've always been, uh, they've always been very, uh, very nice to us as far as keeping us updated on things. And they have a great Facebook page, both Dragon Con and the British Media Track. And, 
and uh, some very friendly folks there. So maybe at some point we will make it. Billy and Tris and Chris and some of the, our friends who go every year say, once you go, you'll be back every year. So Uh-oh. we'll see. So <laughs> just, just panic Tara. She just, yeah. she just became financially committed. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I'm lucky in that uh, my husband is going to this on business. So he's writing it off, you know, and I talked him into driving and dragging the TARDIS. So, you know, I, I know where I'm going to be. I have no idea where he's going to be for the weekend. And some of the stories I've heard about Dragon Con, I'm sure you guys have heard the same stories about the wild parties that take place late at night. No. No. Uh, oh, yeah. I've, I've heard stories that'll make your hair curl. It's unbelievable. <laughs> some stuff that I've heard. So, I may have to just, you know, camp out in the TARDIS to make sure I don't get up the next morning and have bad wolf painted on the side of it or <laughs> have it painted pink or, you know, any one of a number of things could happen. So, <laughs> yeah. And once again, we'll have you back to report on that, you know, on the conclusion of Dragon Con to see um, your take on it. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I'll have my digital recorder and I'll be running around trying to get, well, I'm... One of the thing, one of the people I'm looking forward to meeting is Eric Roberts is going to be there, so I'm hoping oh, to get his Doctor autograph. In my, here's your Doctor Who guest. Yeah. Um, well, so I, I know we've been uh, meaning to have um, him on our show. We, we, um, you know, it's been wow since last November that we were originally supposed to have him, but he had to um, bow out because of work commitments um, from a New England fan experience. Oof. Well, I'm looking forward to meeting him. I'm looking forward to get his, getting his autograph, and uh, I'll be running around with my digital recorder, and uh, we'll have to talk about this, but we, we might see if we could work out some way to do, you know, a live from uh, broadcast where I just, you know, sort of uh, tell that into you guys and say, okay, here I am live on oh, the floor. And yeah, absolutely. We can do that. We do have that. the technology. We can build. <laughs> we have- <laughs> We has the max. We can do that. <laughs> Listen, you got an iPhone with you? We're all set. I got an iPhone. <laughs> I'm set. I got, got, got my power book, and I'm hoping to be getting the new one in time. God, I hope it gets here. <sighs> <sighs> all so. right. Well, what else do we have in Doctor Who news? I, wanna, um, I know that we, we talked about the Waters of Mars preview. For some reason, and I'm gonna, this is what I get for not preparing the show notes properly. I'm well, trying to find there hasn't been a wealth of Doctor Who news because of all the, you know, and, and like I said, well-deserved Torchwood attention that's been happening the past yeah. um, couple of weeks. So, But we, we figure within the next week or two, and with the launch of BBC America HD and with San Diego Comic-Con, we probably will be getting some some really heavy-duty news over the like, next couple of weeks. Plus, uh, according to a few of my sources, Matt Smith has begun filming, so... Any day now, again, and this the last time I said this, it happened the next day. So any day now, we should be seeing a picture of of the Matt Smith doctor in costume with his companion, which means that'll be See, tomorrow afterwards on recording. Well, I wouldn't be surprised See, that's if, if that's not released right before Comic-Con, you know, before See, San Diego. See, I heard that they were going to release it at Comic-Con. I hear all or, of this stuff is or, going to be released or at that Comic-Con. Weekend, yeah. And, I mean, it's supposed to be the be-all, end-all. You're going to hear about the movie. You're going to see Matt Smith's costume. They're going to, you know, tell you when the next episodes are going to air. They're going to do all of this wonderful stuff. But you have to wait till Comic-Con. And so... as a surprise guest, Matt Smith. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if that happened. It, it would not surprise me in the slightest. As, as much of a logistical <laughs> nightmare as that would be. Um, that's the kind of splash that hits home mm. runs at Comic-Con. 
Well, that's the sort of thing that starts riots, too. I mean, that's the thing that just, I mean, I cannot get across to you guys the uncontrolled enthusiasm of the crowd in this Ballroom 20 when they, I mean, last year's uh, Doctor Who and Torchwood panels were just insane with people just screaming their lungs out. And, I mean, it was like being at a rock concert. And uh, they they finally got everybody settled down so we could, you know, watch the preview. But uh, the idea of them bringing Matt Smith on out on stage, I think, I think would just be insane. People would rush the stage. It's just, <laughs> it's just mad. But I wouldn't put it past him. Wouldn't put it past him for a second. Hmm. Well, I wouldn't be surprised either. So we'll have to wait and see. It's going to be exciting, yeah. uh, nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, have you guys seen the latest pictures of David Tennant that have been circulating? Yeah, I have it on my uh, Tumblr log. Him with the gray hair. Yeah, that's been a major topic of conversation on the net. That apparently. The first thing he did after he got off his last day of filming was to shave those sideburns off. Um, so <laughs> women have been weeping. <laughs> and all the stress of being the doctor for the past four years just turned his hair all gray. Turned his hair all gray, you know? So people have been wondering how he's going to show up at, at San Diego Comic-Con, if he's going to be still filming that. So if he's going to show up with gray hair and bleached eyebrows. So... Maybe some very disappointed young women there. <laughs> <laughs> well, then again, you know, he might be able to sneak around on the floor again. Who's that old man in the gray? That's right. So, uh, you always hear that on uh, at San Diego Comic-Con about, about the disguised celebrities, so I wouldn't put it past them to try something. So... I just went to your tumble log, by the way. <laughs> I haven't seen it. And you've seen it. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. It should still yeah. be on the on the front page there. Yeah. All right. Well, if there's uh, if there isn't any other Doctor well, Who news, some, we'll... some programming news. Um, our oh, excuse uh, me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're excused. Uh, I just wanted to make a mention to because uh, I know a lot of people that follow us, especially on our live shows, would also. Uh, tune into or participate in the CIA podcast that would follow our live shows. That's basically Wes Hubbard had started a podcast called the CIA. Originally it was the Celestial Intervention Agency, um, a term right out of Doctor Who. And um, it's then turned into a cult, uh, the, 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 the name metamorphosized into Cultum in Audio. And it was um, at that time it was being head by um, our very own Dave A.C. Cooper and Ian Bissett, also known as the Sixth Doctor on our forums. So they've been doing this podcast uh, coming up to episode 100 at the end of July. And at that point, Wes may be back to continue CIA, but um, Dave AC and, um, and, and Ian are also known as the Sixth Doctor will be uh, starting a new live show called um, the, um, they, they, just did a, they just did a poll on the name. So it's uh, the Cultum Collective. In fact, Dave has a little, a little message concerning that. Hi, Lewis Kellen James and Podshock listeners. This is Dave AC sending in some feedback from myself and Ian the Sixth Doctor. Well, it will soon be time for our new Cultum podcast. Now, we've had a blog up for some weeks now called The Cultum Chronicles, and that can be found at cultum.com. We have a Twitter account called Cultum. Now, after running a poll on our Chronicles site, we've decided that the name for the podcast will be The Cultum Collective. 
Our first show will be on Sunday the 2nd of August at 3.30 Eastern Daylight Time. The talk show ID is 54821 and we'd like to welcome all your listeners to it. It will be talking about cultdom, past, present and future. Please join us for that first show. Bye all. Have a good show. Well, thank you, Dave. And if you haven't Thanks, heard CIA, it's very much a casual podcast where everyone who's participating comes together in a very um, cheers bar type of atmosphere, can talk about science fiction. Usually there's a topic that's set and they discuss that topic. And it's um, anything ranging from um, Douglas Adams to um, um, to space spacecrafts and spaceships and science fiction to whatever it, it runs the um, the spectrum of different topics relating to science fiction and fantasy. So it might be something of interest. Check it out. Uh, speaking of live shows, I know there's been a lot of interest in our live show as well. We've been doing our live show covering uh, new episodes of Doctor Who. After their release, we do a review of that. The last one was back in April with Planet of the Dead. And um, being that there's such a long gap between the next one, um, there's been some call for us to do a live show again, um, in particular one most recently for um, Torchwood Children of Earth. And w like I said, we will be doing something for Hitchhiker's Guide for British to British Science Fiction, British Sci-Fi, that is. Um, we'll be covering that, but we'll probably be launching... Um, either another live show or continuing the Dr. Upachak live um, on some sort of regular schedule as well to be announced. That's fantastic. Wow. All right. Well, <laughs> okay, now that we've all been flabbergasted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where are those crickets of yours? <laughs> oh, they're out the other room. <laughs> <laughs> Where We kid you not, uh, Tara is... Um, does have crickets waiting for her hungry frogs. As soon as she's finished recording here, she's off to feed the frogs. Yeah, if you hear a dull, wet smack, that's the sound of one of my frogs smacking into the glass to let me know that it's time to feed. So, Well, it's, if, that's, if, if that's it, that's the least of your worries. At least, well, I, I was going to make a Children on Earth reference, but now I, I can't because it will give something away. So, um, sorry. <laughs> if, if you've seen well, it, you might know where quiet. I was going to go with that. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I guess um, that's going to wrap things up, unless anyone else has anything else we want to make a mention of. No, uh, I'm going to be in line for all the the uh, Doctor Who and Torchwood stuff. So uh, I'll be wearing my uh, green and yellow Podshock T-shirts. So and a scarf, if you see I'm a green and yellow Podshock, yeah. Well, I don't know if I'm going to actually be wearing one. I know I'm going to be hot. knitting on at least one. Yes, well, it gets very hot with all those people crammed in there. But and, and uh, speaking so, of, of scarves, you have a new website. Uh, uh, yeah, I do. I just I just launched uh, wittylittleknitter.com. And uh, I'm covering uh, some of the initial uh, data that I managed to glean from going out to visit uh, the Shada Scarf on Long Island. And uh, I've rewritten a bunch of patterns to make them as close to the scarf that I got to actually see as possible. So I was actually surprised that some of the BBC official patterns, uh, in my humble opinion, are wrong. So... <laughs> <laughs> Well, we know who the real expert is. Oh, well, I'm, I'm really looking forward. I, uh, I have plans to uh, go over to the Blackpool exhibit sometime next year because they have a season 18 scarf currently on display. Several people have, have sent me photographs. 
but I need to go over there and do color matching and uh, I don't know if they'll let me actually look at it so that I can check the patterns that we have for it against what is actually in the case but I have hopes of being able to see other scarves and uh, be able to now when I say publish patterns these are free patterns I'm, I'm not making any money off of this these are based on BBC designs mm -hmm. the patterns are free to to anybody who wants to download one and get their either knit it themselves or get somebody who who they might happen to know who knits get it, get them to knit it for you so uh, all of my uh, all of my pattern endeavors are are free to the public right now and at some point I hope to publish a book on uh, Doctor Who scarves the history and making and uh, uh, and, uh, techniques and tips mm -hmm. for making one yourself. That's fantastic. Yeah. And now I'm you... cheating because I've asked Tara to knit a scarf for me. <laughs> and so on her blog on the uh, Gallifrey Embassy website, you will be able to follow my scarf being made by Tara. Being now this is I... supposed to be a surprise, isn't it, Ken? Oh, oh I'm, so, I'm sorry. There, nope. My, there, there my wife goes. was planning yeah. on surprising me for Christmas. We're, we're going to give Ken one of that one of those. Uh, what was it called? That that torture drug that makes him forget. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so it was supposed to be a surprise. Good. My my wife had asked, uh, and as I said, that's what I wanted for Christmas. So that's what he's getting is 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 a scarf, and and we've already got the yarn for it. And uh, it's going to take me about two weeks to knit it. So I'm thinking, oh, round about the time, uh, hopefully we should get some more Doctor Who. I'll be sitting there watching the new episodes and knitting happily. And uh, so that's, I'll, I'll be blogging along and uh, I'll probably post photos and we can have, I don't know, a, a dear friend of mine has this wonderful uh, graphic generator and you type in, how many rows of your scarf you've completed and it shows you this little graph and it has percentages and everything how many how much percentage is done and uh she has uh threatened to uh sick some guys on changing the logarithm so that my patterns will work on it because right now they're set up to work on some other patterns but uh we could put that graphic at the bottom and you could you know every day people could check and see <laughs> how much more you know see the you know like like making donations to the <laughs> yeah you can see how far the scarf has gone how far today is the, the scarf and then i will ken scarf i will debut <laughs> it at uh well if it's ready in time for chicago tardis and i wind up going uh, chicago is the perfect place to test a giant wool scarf mm. i know what if not okay. the last time i was there now that's that's Thanksgiving. Now, am I giving this to you for Thanksgiving or for no, Christmas? No, no, maybe well, yeah, I don't I don't know. Well, well you talk to your about wife. It. I just I need two weeks of warning. Okay, I need two weeks of warning to get your well, scarf done. I'll I'll wear it at Gallifrey because I know I'm I'll be there. I know you're gonna wear it at Gallifrey. And if the weather is like it was this past year, geez, I'm gonna need a scarf. <laughs> I don't know. It was pretty toasty in those rooms. It was not. I'll, it was cold outside, but in the my rooms luck, it was pretty warm. I'll bring a giant wool scarf to Gallifrey this year, and it'll be bathing suit weather. Yeah, you'll be you sitting by the pool if, wearing yeah. it. If you yeah. want to swim in the pool, bring the scarf. <laughs> uh, a couple, uh, a couple quick notes, if I could. Uh, if this is out in time, Wednesday, the twenty-second of July, at the Peculiar Pub, uh, one forty-five Bleecker Street in Manhattan, is the latest DWNY pub meet. 
and it begins at 7 p.m. That's the July one. And then in August, we're just setting our calendars a little bit ahead or you want to make some plans. Wednesday, August 19th, 2009, DWNY meetup for August with a special guest to be announced. And that, again, will be at the Peculiar Pub at 7 p.m. So there's a couple things to chisel onto your calendars. And, yeah, and uh, again, if, if you have been, a, it's a group, a blast. You have a, go, guys, go. <laughs> if you have some things, um, you know, coming up, uh, an event plan, your your local Doctor Who fan group or whatever, you can feel free to email us, feedback at podshock.net, and I'd be happy to to send the shout out. Mm-hmm. And I guess we're going to get to feedback yeah. on the next episode. Is yeah, that, I was just going to make a mention of that, that we haven't forgotten we're you. We're supposedly keeping this one short. <laughs> well, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, a good that's a one. a kiss of death right there. So, yeah, we'll have your feedback, and James will be back with us, and we'll do feedback, and it'll be just like old times. But um, this was great, having Tara with us and um, doing this um, sort of a casual conversation type of pod shock, which is um, nice to do once in a while. Um, While we were on the fan group thing, though, I just want to acknowledge that uh, Sarah in Wisconsin emailed me about any Wisconsin fan groups. I know we may have mentioned it once before, but I'm just sending that call, that shout out back out there. for our listeners in the Wisconsin area. Well, I'd like to give a little shout out to, there's an Albuquerque group that uh, I'm going to be joining uh, starting in October because I'm moving back to Albuquerque. And uh, it's really cool because there's a Doctor Who knitting group. So there's going to be a bunch of people sitting around knitting Doctor Who themed stuff and watching Doctor Who. What a stroke of luck for you. (laughs) I know. Isn't it lovely? So uh, there was a, I have a dear friend in, uh, in Albuquerque, Ansley, and uh, she got tired of uh, uh, trying to get me to come down to Albuquerque from Taos, and she finally decided she was going to shake, shake the bushes and scare some people out of the woodwork, and so she has a group of Doctor Who knitters, and I'm, I cannot wait to get down there and join them, because the knitting groups up here, they go, what is she knitting on again? <laughs> Why is it that long? Wasn't she working on that last week? No, that was another one. She's doing another one? So, <laughs> you'll be a whole bunch of people knitting on very odd things and uh, having very odd conversations. So, I guess they're going to, I'll have to encourage them to come up with some sort of a name for themselves, you know? That usually helps, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> can't really just call them, you know, the Albuquerque Doctor Who knitters. They gotta have something. A D W K A D W K. Ad wax. Ad wax. <laughs> I don't. Know. We're the ad wax. Yeah. You are you those furry things in the something. trees in Return of the Jedi? That's no, what I was no. thinking. Oh. All right. Enough. <laughs> we're, we're, we've, the show has degenerated <laughs> once again. Into silliness. We were at this level when we started. That's true. That's true. We set the bar at a uh, at a medium <laughs> pace and stayed there the whole night. I, I do. Before, since we were talking about local groups, there is a um, a Long Island local group, a chapter of the U.S. branch of Unit. That's um, the Long Island Unit branch, which um, they're going to be meeting on August sixteenth, and they're going to be doing a Children Earth showing there, and I. Um, I'm going to try to reach out to one of the organizers there to get some more information so that we can, you know, get it on our website. But um, mm. right now I only have a date and the the house hasn't, it's, it's, it's hosted in someone's house and that hasn't been announced yet. So um, most likely out in Suffolk County somewhere 
August 16th. And, and if you're a Long Islander, good chances you won't have seen Children of Earth because we still don't have BBC America. Well, that's here. unless they have ah! unless they have Directv or they have um or Dish Network. It's only uh, Cablevision or Optimum TV that's um the, the holding out for here. some reason. If you're a New Yorker or you're a Cablevision customer, reach out to them, give them a call, and ask for BBC America HD. This is a perfect excuse with a brand new. HD channel being launched, a perfect excuse to get it. And it also comes out on DVD and Blu-ray on the 28th, I believe, so um, they have that opportunity to see it that way, too. But we still want to get BBC America on um, Cablevision Optimum Yes, yeah, got to get BBC America. That's just More insane. More exposure, the better. Ugh, horrible. All righty. Well, I think that's going to wrap things up. And yes. Yeah. All right. Well, once again, thank you, everyone, for being involved. Thanks for listening. As always, we'll be back next time. Once again, stay tuned for Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi when we review Children of Earth. That's Torchwood Children of Earth. In the meantime, um, take care of yourselves. Be good. And cheers. Ciao. Cheers. You have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan-run Gallifreyembassy.org and presented by Outpost Gallifrey at Gallifrey1.com. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next time for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net. Doctor Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This is Louis Trapani. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Louis Trapani. You can follow Terror on Twitter at twitter.com slash Tardis underscore Terror. Follow Doctor Who Podshock, of course, on Twitter as well at twitter.com slash Podshock. This Art Trap production is brought to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible in part by donations from listeners like you. You've been fiddling with it, haven't you? It was perfectly all right until you touched it.